Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Popo along with two-time Super Bowl champion and my co-host as always, Carl Banks. Giants taking on the Cowboys on Sunday. But Carl, first you got to share with our audience some exciting news for you. Ah, proud grandfather, man. Um, Zar Damani Banks, uh, born Wednesday at 8.18 p.m. My son Courtney and Bianca, his lovely girl, are doing great and the baby's doing great as well. Does he, do you feel any different? No, no, I um not not sure I'm going to be called grandpa yet, though. I think it's going to be something, you know, papa or something. Who knows? We'll see. Something catchy, but does it yeah. say grandpa? You don't look like a grandpa, though. Grandpa. You don't feel like a grandpa. No, I don't. You don't. All right. So um, here we go. Giants and Cowboys on Sunday. Uh-huh. So ruled out of the game. Uh the left guard, but that we knew that was going to be the case. And Scurry did a good job last week. Um, I saw Sterling Shepard out there trying to do some things, but he's ruled out. Uh, Slayton's ruled out. You can't take chances with these hamstrings. You got to, no. you got to be very careful with that. And Jabril Peppers, not, not playing in this football game. Uh, how much does it hurt the giants to not have peppers in the lineup this week, or can they work around it? Well, I think they can work work around it. And the thing about – well, the one thing that they'll miss from Peppers is his in-the-box play. The one thing that they get is a little more versatility in their pass coverage when you can now um, activate um, Xavier McKinney, um, Julian Love. Now, they, they – where they need – their help, though, all, honestly, they got to be able to stop the run, Bob. That's where Peppers is is a real asset to them, but they have to figure it out. I don't know if Carter, uh, Carter Coughlin's gonna factor in back on the inside of their defense instead of on the edge. Um, so there's some. I'm sure they they've made the adjustments and they've practiced what they're going to practice. But um, I think they'll have a great deal of flexibility when it comes to their pass coverage. But um, the key to this game, for me, will be the defense stopping the run. Dallas is, what, top two in the league on first down? I think it's one or two on first down. And if they looked at the Giants versus the um, Saints, yes, or not yesterday, last Sunday, I mean, they were hitting at like seven or eight yards a pop on first down. That ain't going to cut it with the Dallas Cowboys. They'll run for 200-plus yards on you. Yeah, because the difference between last week and this week is that on the outside, the Cowboys have C.D. Lamb, they have Amari Cooper, and they have tight ends that they incorporate in the passing game. You know, let's face it, the Saints, even though they took some shots down the field at times, 
You know, they play a very managed game with, with Jameis Winston at quarterback. And without I mean, Thomas. Right, without Michael Thomas. And, yeah. and Dak Prescott, it's hard to believe that, you know, he was injured exactly one year ago from this Sunday. And, yeah. and he's come back, and it's like, it, it's like he never missed a beat. Well, I can tell you this. Now, uh, Dallas fans are probably going to take this as – and it is somewhat of a um, – snarky remark but it's it's also a compliment the cowboys as a team are the biggest bunch of front runners in all of sports you can have laker fans you got the biggest set of front runners in all of sports are the cowboys fans because when they're good their fans are arrogant and hooting and hollering their players are arrogant hooting and hollering and anything associated with the Cowboys. And listen, they earned the right to do that, but you can't play football during these times on the Dallas Cowboys terms. You just cannot play on their terms right now. It's a disaster waiting to happen. If you think you're going to go compete with them, the way they're playing football right now, it's 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 turnover city. It's slap happy city. It's, you know, run the ball, do whatever we want, because we're the Dallas Cowboys and we can control uh, everything. What you got to do. Is going and make this a fist fight. You got to make this an alley brawl. You got to let them know we're not playing on your terms. We're going to disrupt you as much as we can. Your quarterback's going to be on the ground or he's got to know people are around him all the time. But again, you ain't doing that if you can't stop him on first down. If they're running the ball at eight yards a clip on first down, you can, you can, yeah, you're told you can expect to see a bunch of high fives and hooting and hollering and, and laughing in your face type of stuff. And then your offense, the giant offense, though very capable of going toe-to-toe, all things equal, will not have the advantage of a balanced play sheet. Because once you fall behind, you got to play catch-up. And when you play catch-up, you're exposing an offensive line that has done well, but we know if they're put in situations where, you know, your quarterback's got to throw it 40, 50 times because he has to, not because they're in rhythm and things are clicking and you go down two scores, it's just going to be, it's Katie Bartador. I mean, it's just going to be a party in, um, in that big arena in Jerry world. Yeah. To me, the bit, my biggest concern in this game right now is uh, the health of Andrew Thomas. He suffered a foot injury. Um, He was out there, you know, at practice today, limping kind of going out there. He's listed as questionable. You know, if you got to move Solder to the left tackle spot and Parrott has to play the full game at right tackle, man, that's not that's not what that's not how you want to go into this game. Because Thomas is, you know, after that last preseason game where he got schooled and everybody was throwing all kinds of shade his way. Um, and again, it was a preseason game, by the way. I mean, he's been really good for the most part in the regular season. They can't afford to not have him. Well, you got to play the cards you dealt. You hope that he can go. 
Um, Matt Pert was, you know, here's the thing that it, it kind of shocks me that people are having the reaction to Matt Pert that they are. Remember, he was drafted where he was as a project. He kind of he kind of exceeded expectations early and gave people hope that, oh, he's on his way now. He's, he's you know, he's going to enter the second year as a starter. He was a, he was a work in progress. Yep. He's a he's a small college kid who um, overachieved his first year. And that's not a bad thing. But the rest of him didn't catch up and the rest of the NFL did. And now he's got work to do. But um, like people were I, I'm not sure where the false hope came from when it, it was related to Pert. Pert was always depth and development. And now depth is there and hopefully he's developed enough to play tomorrow if he has to on Sunday, if he has to. Yeah, here's a couple of interesting stats for you. The Cowboys are second in the NFL. They've had they have 10 takeaways. Uh, Trevon Diggs, five interceptions, leads the NFL, return one for a touchdown. And they have two or more takeaways in their last eight games going back to last season. So, you know, the Giants have to play this game like they did against the Saints in the sense that turnover free. I don't count the Hail Mary at the Hail end Mary, of the first yeah. half as Daniel Jones' lone interception of the season. Um, what they can't do is they can't give that potent Cowboys offense extra possessions and possibly even a short field. I think right. if they play this game clean, I think they got a lot of confidence off what they did. And listen, listen the Cowboys defense is improved uh, with Dan Quinn there as the new defensive coordinator. But let's not confuse them with the 85 Bears either. I mean, they've given up seven pass plays already of 30 or more yards, for a one for a touchdown. Last year, the Giants only had three pass plays of over 30 yards that went for touchdowns. They had 14 all season, three went for touchdowns. Do you know that already this year, through the first four weeks, the Giants have six pass plays of 30 or more yards, and already four have gone for touchdowns? That's pretty nice. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys, right? Listen, there can be a false sense of security too when you're front runners, right? That mm -hmm. you think you're better than you are in some areas when you're you still got work to do. Um, now, I can't shade the Cowboys because their record says who they are, and their turnovers say who they are, and their performance, right? The thing that I will continue to say. You say the Giants should play a clean game. I think they should play a dirty game in, in, in terms of not cheap shots, but make it as physical, make it as grind out, slugfest as you can. Like they did in the last seven minutes in New Orleans before Correct. while they were sleepwalking the rest of the game defensively. Correct. You just you want to make this bare knuckles. Let's see what you got. Because I think defensively as well as they're playing, some of those leopards ain't changed their spots. I ain't saying no names, but I can look at film and they can hoot and holler with the guys who's making plays, but there are a lot, not a lot, there are a few out there that look the same as they did uh, last year. They're just playing faster looking back, you know? <laughs> and, and listen, they just got rid of Jalen Smith. He wasn't playing well. 
Uh, he would have been one of those guys I was talking about if he was still there. And by the way, I'm a fan of his, and I hope he gets back on track. Um, but he wasn't good last year, and this year, point of contact, not very good. So say that to say you cannot play on the Dallas Cowboys. You got to make it a dirty, grind-out, knuckle-up, guard-your-grill type of game. Just just punch them, and, and I'm not talking – I'm talking metaphorically now um, – but you, you've got you've got to be able to do things that they don't like to happen to them, you know. Um, and when you do that, you change the complexion of how they play defense. They can't play as fast. They can't run around and hoop and holler on defense. On offense, you've got to play on their their side of the line of scrimmage so that um, Zeke and and Pollard are not running downhill. And you got to create a negative or zero gain on, on the first two downs. Because if you don't, you're on their terms and the front runners run well in the front. Carl, you know, one of the things, and it's going to be a storyline this year when the two teams play, Micah Parsons, who the Giants could have drafted when the draft didn't fall the way they were kind of hoping it was going to fall. The Giants chose to move back and make the deal with the Bears. They got Kadarius Tony, and they have the Bears' first-round draft pick next year. So I don't want to hear this. Uh, you know, as well as he's played to start, I don't want to hear, well, you know, the Giants could have had him. Because we don't know how this is all going to shake out. Tony could become a star in his own right, and we still don't know what that draft pick in the future holds for the Giants. Right. So let's just look at it. I want to, I want to just look at this from a football standpoint. As a guy that played the position as an outside backer um, and played defense at a high level, what do you make of Parsons' game to this point? Um, prior to him putting, prior to them putting him on the line of scrimmage, um, he had Derek Brooks type of instincts, uh, Patrick Willis type of quickness. Um, was and he still is on his way to being one of the top um, linebackers if he chooses to stay there. Uh, on the edge, uh, I see a guy with a lot of potential. Got a lot of energy, still working on his moves. He's not a pass rusher as we see him now. There's not a lot to what he does other than he outworks you and he's fast and he's quick, right? Um, will be an excellent pass rusher. If he's going to impact the game, I think he's going to ultimately impact the game. He can do both, but you can't take him. Out. And well, they have a lot of lot of inside linebackers now, but if you put him in the box, he's he's a nightmare. I mean, he is he's Derek Brooks, Patrick Willis type. Um, on the edge, I don't know. I don't know. I know. While they're front running, he's making a lot of noise. Don't know how he fares in a street fight, you know, um, but we'll find out. Like right now, they can pick and choose where to put him. They put him on the weak link and he, you know, every game he finds a weak link and they put him, he does well. He blitzes well. Um, also, he's a complete player, Bob, but the most complete part of him right now is in the box 
The part that's scary is that on the edge, you can see him getting better every week. All right. So Troy Aikman is a friend of mine and yours. We Mm -hmm. both have a lot of respect for Troy. I think giant fans over the years, um, you hear what you want to hear. Okay. And I, when I was doing Thursday night football for NFL network, I felt this, I, I saw this, it came my way too. I remember when I was doing the jets Patriots Thursday night football game, I heard it from Patriots fans. Oh, you're a giant guy. You just, you're pulling against us. And I heard it from Jets fans. You're a Giants guy. You hope we lose the game. I was just calling the game. I mean, Collinsworth and I just wanted to have a good broadcast. Game came down to a last second field goal. I think Jay Feely uh, kicked the field goal and and won the game or whatever, however it played out. Um, And I think you and I have talked to Troy a lot. How surprised were you that earlier this week, yesterday, I think it was Thursday, in an interview somewhere, he said that uh, he didn't think the Giants were in the Cowboys class, to paraphrase. Very unlike Troy, especially because he's got to do the game this week. Well, yes and no, Bob. I mean, you're talking about a team right now as they stand are in the conversation as the top, one of the top four football teams in football, right? And you talk about a team that just won his first game in overtime. So when you look at it from that lens, yeah, he could say it. He could say they're not in their class. He didn't say the Giants weren't, didn't have good players. They weren't a very good team. He just said they're not in their class. And when you're talking about the elite, the conversation of elite football teams, um, I don't think anybody brings up the Giants. They talk about who they no, think the they top don't. four teams are, right? And so there's a reason. class. There's a class to that you see um i'm not defending troy but to the giants fans if you've heard everything i've said up until this point then you know they play the game on sunday and they get a chance to to show where they are that's all i can say about it um but when you when you talk about you know the class of the NFL and, you know, in terms of who the best teams are, the giants aren't in that conversation. Doesn't mean that they can't be, but right now they're not. They won one game in overtime. Dallas is rolling. They got everybody's attention. They are the front runners. Take them to a different place, make it a street fight and then see what it is. Styles make fights. Do the giants at this point in time, as you look at them, do the Giants have it in them or the, and or the personnel to really make it a brawl? They do. They do. Especially with a team with a team like Dallas. Because Dallas is having its way. And they're doing it on their terms. Do the Giants have the personnel to change the terms of that? Absolutely, they do. Absolutely. On both sides of the ball, by the way. Well, Saquon's feeling more confident and more stabilized in what he's doing. So that gives them that whole thing right out of the gate that he, he makes, he makes them more physical of a football team on the offensive side of the ball, even though Mm -hmm. people don't think of him that way. He's a leader. You, You last week on the show, you talked about leading into the saints game, you know, the alpha male, 
with the, mm-hmm. you know, and look, there's guys like Logan Ryan and there's guys like Jabril Peppers and they got guys on the team. They have leadership. They got plenty of leadership. I would never question that. I talk about that alpha attitude. Which Saquon showed. The alpha personality. You're absolutely right. He showed it. He put the team on his back. Um, and the quarterback did too. And it just he did it in a yes. different way. That yes. guy's tough as crap. Right. So in a game like this, look for some unusual suspects to emerge in that category. Look for a guy like Will Hernandez, who likes a good fight anyway. Right? If they can get the if they can get the Cowboys on their terms, pay attention to Will Hernandez. So that leads me to another question. Kenny Galladay. Well, Galladay showed it last week too. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can hoot and holler and you know, play trap defenses and all of that. But if you gotta you gotta cover Kenny Galladay and he puts some body on you, what's it gonna be? Can you do that all day? Can you cover that all day? Because there's a few other receivers on the field now, too. So again, they play on Sunday. I want to go back to the run defense, Carl. Because you you look at this stuff and you know, we both look at the coaches tape, but you know what you're looking at compared to me. What has been, in your opinion, the biggest problem with their ability to stop the run consistently? Is it um is it guys not executing responsibilities, uh playing the proper technique? What's what's been the problem? It's finishing. Their problem is finishing. First, if you have a defense tackles are ridiculous, right? If you have defense called and your defenders are in the right place and first contact comes within a minus one to the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. and that play continues for another seven yards, then number one, first contact did not make enough impact, didn't wrap up and two guys are not rallying to the football. So it's two things. Your first contact got to get a guy down or, or slow him up enough where these other guys can get off blocks, which the Giants did when they needed to in the New Orleans game. But that's like one series. Yeah, one series in a row. If you're going to do this this week, you better be prepared to do it from the opening defensive series to the last defensive series because Dallas constantly puts pressure on you. And you got to figure out if you're if you're uh, Dex and and um, Leo and RJ, it's about disrupting those guys. It's about you know pushing guys back into the backfield, blurring those downhill running lanes. You know uh, if they do that, and they got to do it. Be committed to it for as long as the game is going. They're gonna have they're gonna have some fun on defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, just based on, you know, winning breeds confidence, and they they finally, all the stuff that they've been talking about finally got reinforced. Now, it's not like baseball, and even in baseball, uh, momentum is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball, I mean, football, you're playing seven days apart, so there's there's no real momentum, but there is that, 
they did show themselves that they can finish when they had to finish last week. Um, now you got to hope that it kind of carries over into what's going to be a hostile environment. But well, it was, nothing was more hostile than New Orleans. But the thing is, you know what Joe Judge told me today, though? He that? thinks it's going to be louder in Dallas. It probably will be. It probably will be. Um, but here's the thing. They confidence is one thing, execution and confidence that you can execute um, are the things that this team has to really uh, focus on. I, I just, I believe that um, when you say you're cautiously optimistic, I'm not going to be there in that, in that mindset. I'm just telling you what needs to happen in order for them to win the game. Do I think they can do it? Do I think they have the personnel to do it? Absolutely. Um, in the matchups that um, they have to their advantage are good, but they have to execute. Simple. Um, other than that, you know, as far as what Troy said, the you know, Cowboys are in a different class. Well, they're in the conversation with the top four teams in the league and the Giants are in the also Rams conversation. That what do you got the Rams? Out. What do you got? The Rams, the Cardinals in the NFC? Yeah, Rams, Cardinals, Tampa. Yeah. And the and Dallas right now to this point, right? I mean, they played Tampa tough in week one, even though right, they lost. Exactly. So there's no reason for them to think that they shouldn't be in that class of the NFC um, conversation. All right, just in wrapping this up, Carl, um, you know, we're both foodies. We both like to cook. We both like to enjoy good food. Uh, maybe we should give our audience just a brief little voyeuristic feel for things. Did you have a chance to go to the high lawn the other night? I did. Okay, so our buddy, uh, Chef Sam Hazen, who is a crazy Giants fan, he's on the road all the time. Travels everywhere. Um, you know, when Tao in New York City burst on the scene. Tavern on the Green, Tao, yeah. STK, yeah. Veritas, uh, which was as good as it gets. So he's got this new new thing going now called the High Lawn, which is in New Jersey. Uh, pretty, It's a famous spot, but he's done a complete remake. Can you share with our audience a, a little bit about the High Lawn and what well, Sam, my Sam's done? <laughs> My experience was a little what, different. What town is it in? That's in West Orange. West Eagle, Orange Rock. Okay. Eagle, Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock Park. Gotcha. So you go you go in the park. It's the most beautiful view from New Jersey to New York City. It's the panoramic, just incredible. And then they have the High Lawn, which is the, the building, which is a cafe and restaurant, banquet halls. So um, you guys should follow... Um, is it Chef Hazen or Sam Hazen on? No, it's um, it's it's at on on Instagram. It's at Chef Long Time. At Chef Long Time, Sam Hazen. You'll he'll show you some of these beautiful uh, pieces of art that service as uh, cooking things, cooking ovens and and grills and just top of the line. So my experience there for the opening of the High Lawn or the reopening of the High Lawn was a little different because as soon as I walked through the door, it was a hug from Sam Hazen. And then he takes me behind into the kitchen and he starts stuffing me with everything that he's cooking. And I'm, I'm like, he's literally 
I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It because he's like putting something in. Taste this. You got to taste this. What do you think about this? What do you think about it? So um, it was great. I mean, so you didn't have I, a meal. I, you had a Sam Hazen buffet. Yeah, literally, before I could get in to listen to the Jersey Boys upstairs, he had me behind, just in the kitchen, just tasting everything, showing me all the equipment. But folks, if you want to see what the Highline has, High Lawn has to offer, go to Chef Longtime on Instagram. He shows you, and he's he's so much fun. He's such a great Giants fan, and um, but it's the most panoramic, beautiful, uh, picturesque view from New Jersey to New York, and you know surrounding. It goes all the way down south. Uh, but the Eagle Rock Park is beautiful as well. All right. So check it out. It's uh, the High Lawn and Chef, uh, Chef Sam Hazen. One on Crest a- Drive, West Orange, New Jersey. I think we're giving the address at yeah. Chef Long, L-O-N-G, time, T-I-M-E, Chef Long time. And you can follow everything. And we rec- I, I can't wait to get there. Now, in fairness, let's play the other side as we wrap this up on our little culinary tour because one of our favorite spots in the entire world. Oh, is in Dallas. There's another Sam in our life. It's called Nick and Sam's Yes, in Dallas. Uh, the owner is Joe Palladino, who is a dear friend of ours. He's a native New Yorker. So I'm taking, I'm taking Kathleen and Max Saturday For the experience. Nick and Sam's. Well, yeah. they're not going to get the full experience because we have early dinner at six o'clock. Okay. We got Max is six and a half. But here's the scene. First of all, the food is off the charts. Joe is fused like an Italian flair into a traditional steakhouse. And it's like where the beautiful people in Dallas go to be seen. The bar scene there is off the charts. Wait. Hold on. And there are a lot of beautiful people in Dallas. Yes. And they, I think it's the top tier of the beautiful people in Dallas. They're at Nick and Sam's. So you got, it's almost like New York, the best of New York and Dallas combined. And it's got a Hollywood feel to it. Yeah, it really does. The food it's is like off. The-, the night before a big game, it legitimately is a who's who. And Dallas has some wonderful restaurants and they've got some great steakhouses. But on the night of an event, a Cowboys game, you walk into Nick and Sam's, you will see Hollywood if they're in town. You'll see PGA if they're in town. You're going to see royalty in broadcasting, royalty in all sports. Uh, It's just it's it's incredible. And then we just kind of hang out and have a good time eat great food. And that's the beautiful thing about it too. Nick and Sam's because Joe's a New Yorker, Paladino, he kind of knows what a good steak should be, right? He knows what a good lobster should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so they never miss. I've never had a bad meal there ever, no. including dessert ever. Yeah. The lobster mac and cheese, the steak, everything. And it's got the yeah. open air kitchen, but they got the dining room. They have some private rooms in the back and the bar scene as you get to nine, nine thirty on Saturday night. And of course, Joe always wears these loud blazers. <laughs> and as soon as he walks in, you know, this guy's from New York and he can control the music, you know, on his phone. 
that's playing in that whole place. And as the place gets revved up a little bit, because there's a lot of Giants fans in there that know Joe from when he was back in New York, and he starts playing the Sinatra, New York, New York, and he starts spinning tunes, and it's like a party. It's it's like being in yeah. a club, but you're in a restaurant. Absolutely. So if you're in Dallas, if you're a Giant fan and you're going to Dallas this weekend, if you can't get a table, at least check out the bar scene at Nick and Sam's. And if you're staying back in New Jersey, make sure you check out the High Lawn. All right, Carl, that's our little culinary trip. This was this fun, week. man. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. That's we'll be right. back tell next week. Tell a friend. We'll be back next week for a recap of the Giants and Cowboys. Plus, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a special guest next week here on the program from the Giants. Uh, he wants to do the show. We just this week with my being in Fayetteville, timing didn't work out. You becoming a grandpa, uh, but we're gonna try to lock it in for him next week. But uh, you don't want to miss it. All right, everybody, enjoy right. the game this weekend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe in Giants. Pop and bang. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.